Hello travellers, and welcome to Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn, Season 2, Episode 4, Twisting Fate. This week we've made some changes to our Patreon. Our first goal is at 5 patrons, and when we hit it, we'll be arranging a one-shot game run by me for our first 5 patrons. As of right now, there's only one slot left, and all tiers are eligible. So if that sounds like fun to you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash darkdragonsinn. It doesn't stop there though. Once we hit 25 patrons, I'll be running a one-shot for three random patrons every other month that we'll record and release as a side quest episode. Again, this will be open to every tier, so sign up to pledge even a single dollar a month and tell your TTRPG interested friends to check us out. That's at patreon.com forward slash darkdragonsin. And now, on with the show. Hello! Before you come in, there's a quick warning I've got to give you. Tonight's show has some sensitive imagery and possibly body horror. You're okay with that, right? I mean, you've been coming here a while. Okay, good. Let's get you seated then. To say we were stunned would fall short of the truth. But there it was with the time and date, innocently delivered by a gnomish youth, the start of our twisting, winding fate. Baldur's Gate. It's a moderately warm day. It is approximately, I have noted the time, it is resin day 7th, and it is 8 o'clock in the morning, and the docks of Baldur's Gate are bustling. There is a hive of activity as people are rushing around and playing at stalls. There is a festival happening within the city. The Scales of Justice are walking through the docks and have been accosted by a small gnomish child. Here, mister! He enthusiastically thrusts a flyer into Urbach's hand and continues on his way. And Urbach draws your attention to it, as it appears to display a rather familiar face. And it says upon it, Noon today at the Wide. Our hero returns. And of course, this familiar face looks an awful lot like Mix. Um, Mix? As soon as Mix sees the flyer, she casts Disguise Self. What does she disguise self to look like? Is there a really tall goblin? Is that a thing? You could be a hobgoblin. Yeah. So you magically transform yourself to look like the hobgoblin named Ness, who was battling greenest. It doesn't have to be her exactly, but like her. Yeah, and she doesn't say anything to anyone else. Toby, you notice that the Numbers child did actually look at all of you and obviously saw Mix, but there was no sign of recognition on the child's face. It was handing you guys flyers. And it saw the whole party, but it didn't react to the fact that Mix was standing there. Despite the fact that the flyer it was giving out apparently has her face on it. Hmm. I'm not sure you're going to need to disguise yourself. I mean, they were a child. I, I, I mean, you know... You've been walking through this dock for a while before this child encountered you. You've just been glancing at stalls and getting a sense of what was going on. It's not like nobody saw you. No one can follow me now. Besides, it's nice to have hair again. The face is familiar to you, but not because it looks like you. Uh, Mix is looking at the flyer and it's just in complete uh, befuddlement. I don't know, like a mix of confusion and relief, but also annoyance and a lot of different things right now. The back's just going to straight up ask, Mix, why are you in this picture? Um, 
it's it's not me. I, I know you think she looks like me, but she's not me. It's not me. Who's not you? And Scraw bows over and he looks at the flyer. No, I'm pretty sure that's you. Well, it's not. If it's not you, Mix, then who is it? Scraw, can I see that? Scraw hands it to you. You look quite good as a hobgoblin. It suits you. Thanks. I think I'm going to stay like this for a little while. Uh, I'm going to slowly hand the fly back to Scraw. Scraw throws it away. I'll just walk ahead slowly. I mean, do you, do you guys really not see the difference? Do I? Can I do a test to see if I can figure out the difference anatomically? As a doctor, I might be able to spot something. Would I notice anything because I've been travelling with Mix for so long? You took a look at this photo and you obviously glanced at it and initially were like, holy shit, why the hell is there a picture of Mix? What's going on? You pick the flyer back off off the ground and look at it over again. You notice that this woman's a little bit older and what you initially took for mistakes by the artist and discrepancies actually appear to perhaps be just a closer likeness to someone else. But she looks so much like Mix, it would be very strange if this was a coincidence. She even has the same little horn nubs. Extremely similar to Mix. Very, very close likeness. But if you rule out that this might not just be a bad drawing, that maybe this artist was actually being exceptionally accurate, yeah, there's a, there's a good chance this is a different person, but it's almost like Mix, but a few years older, maybe? I don't know, five, ten years, maybe, depending. They look pretty battle-hardened. You notice some very small scars on their face, which Mix does not have, and... Again, the kind of thing that would have been easy to shrug off as an error in the drawing, which, upon closer inspection, no, those are intentional. Mm. Mix, do you know who this is? It seems like someone you should know. They're very, <laughs> very similar. And Mix kind of nods, looking at Urbach. Um, yeah, I, I know her quite well, or I used to anyway. Yeah, Mix just looks kind of hurt. I think. So this festival looks really fun. I think we should um play some of those games. Find out more about it. <laughs> yeah, Scrawl, you know, yeah, let's play some games. And Scrawl leads down the road towards one of those... Knock the bottles down with the balls. And there's a seller there. He's like, three copper, three copper, three copper, three balls. Try your luck. Ooh, ooh, we'll play, we'll play. He looks at Scrawl. Strapping young lad, good again. Oh, a win for the lady? <laughs> Are you going to put down three copper? He's like, oh, the lady wants to try her own luck, eh? I see how it is. Slam it down on the table. Buddy, I win my own prizes. He takes your coppers and he hands you three wooden balls. Uh, they feel quite firm, quite smooth. And you've got a stack of nine bottles in front of you. How many do I have to knock down? All of them. All of them, okay. You have to knock down as many as you can, Yeah. but obviously what you win is dependent on how many you knock down. Very carefully, Mix is looking over the bottles and almost studying them to try and pinpoint the exact spot she wants to hit. Mm -hmm. And she's going to give it a go. So you wind up and you focus in, you narrow your eyes and you unleash the ball and it smashes into the bottle tower, knocking down six of the bottles. And he's just like, oh, well done. <laughs> Round of applause for the lady. That's, that's very good. You've got two more shots. Nix takes a bow. You wind up once more. 
and you go to unleash it. What is it that throws you off? Picturing the face on the poster. You wind up and the sun reflects some from one of the bottles and it catches it in just such a way that it puts you in mind of the face that's on the poster and you throw the ball and it just shoots wide. You hear a dull as the ball hits the soft backing of the catch area. He's like, oh, unlucky, unlucky. Try your luck again. One more shot. Mix narrows her eyes and contemplates throwing the ball at Mr. Behind the Stand. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I am upset when we are not a natural 20. Your ball thuds into the wall directly below the bottles and one more of them wobbles and falls down but not because you hit it he's like oh, that one doesn't count i'm afraid he picks it back up and starts restacking the bottles well six points there's nothing to sneeze at we have a goldfish in a bubble a fine set of traveling cutlery which folds up into a nice little pouch and he has a stuffed bear i'll take the goldfish please Right you are. And he takes down the goldfish and it's in what feels like a squishy bubble. It's filled with water. There's just a goldfish in there. And as he hands it over, you realize it's not a real goldfish. It's just a little toy. It looks quite realistic, though. And it's suspended by an invisible string in the middle so that no matter where you hold it, it always looks like it's hovering in the perfect middle of the bowl. I feel a sense of disappointment, but also relief because... I was worried about the fact that someone was selling goldfish in a bubble. But it's kind of cute, I guess. Mix and Scraw have gone ahead to this stall to play this game. What do Toby, Urbach, Murren, and the Doomsinger do in reaction to this? Following behind, but looking at what else there is around. In this particular part of the city, it does appear to be mostly food stands, stalls selling toys or replica swords, wooden shields. There's actually a blacksmith running one of the stalls who actually sells genuine weapons, but you see one of the kids being like, um, I like that one. No, not for you. <laughs> that stall over there will serve you. Not this one. Oh, but... I don't care. Weapons are not for children. When you're older, you come on back. Typical carnival stands... Any other games around? While Scraw and Mix are over there, I'll just join the other guys and I just grab a flyer and I go, Um, so this looks like Mix, but it's not Mix? That appears to be... Hmm. Well, this is certainly unusual. It's certainly news to me. But if she doesn't want to talk about it, then I'm not going to press her. And then I'll just point over at the Hobgoblin next to Scraw. The cutest Hobgoblin you ever did see. Um, but that's Mix, but it's not Mix, right? Yeah, I don't know if there's any problem with actually calling her by her name, but that is Mix. Understood. Murren just doesn't really do magic. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify, that's what's happening here, is Murren doesn't really get magic. He doesn't trust it entirely, and travelling with a bunch of y'all is kind of unsettling for him on a regular basis. I'll just walk away, staring at the flyer. So there's a couple of different games. There is a crab fishing game, which is literally crab fishing. And when you fish up the actual real crabs, they have different numbers painted on the bottom. And depending on whether or not you get an odd number or an even number, you win a prize. There is a game where there's small wooden pseudo dragons and they are kept afloat by some kind of pumping mechanism that is blowing air underneath them. 
And again, it's a very similar kind of thing. They've got little hooks on the back and you have to use a custom fishing hook to try and pull them out of the air pool that they exist within. There's probably a stand where you can play dart. Dart! <laughs> Mara looks up long enough from the post. I think I starts. <laughs> I just got giddy right now. I'm sorry. As a character, Toby is a little bit conflicted because although his sister isn't a young child, he feels bad that he's here at a festival and she's not. You see Mix not quite win the game she's playing and... Murren, you notice there's quite a few interesting items in the prize pool. There's a few odd-looking hats. There's a quite nice-looking cloak. You see that the dart stand, which is two stalls down, appears to have a couple of different amulets on display, but they look like, to win them, you'd have to do extremely well. Hmm. I mean, I'm going to go try. Sure. You, you ignore the balls. Nope. Nope, darts, this is my jam. Yeah, I'm just going to try and distract myself for a bit. You wander over to the dart stall, and it's it's odd. The person behind this particular stall is leaning back against a wall, and they've got a hat that's pulled down over their face, and they're just leaning back jauntily, and they look over to you sideways as you approach the stall. So. You want to play? <laughs> but what's odd about this particular person is they look human. You have obviously met humans because of the monastery. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to be trying to hide who he is or what he is. He's just wearing quite simple, plain black clothing. He has a hat pulled down. And yes, I want you to be picturing the Smooth Criminal music video as he <laughs> has his arms crossed leaning back. Looking over the stall, you see that there are numbers written on various bits of paper, and there's a really big bit of paper that says 1 on it, and there's a really small bit of paper that says 30 on it. There's a variety of numbers. There's more ones than there are most other things, and the larger the number gets, the smaller the bits of paper there are. One silver, five dots. If you think you've got it, got what it takes. Five dots, total score, determines prize. I think I could give it a go. Sounds like a bit of fun. Sure. All right. And he reaches down underneath the counter and pulls up a toothpick, puts it in his teeth, and then pulls up the five darts, puts them on the table in front of you. <laughs> That'll be one silver. He takes the one silver, leans back against the wall. Well, try your best. Um, thank you. And again, the one is the easiest number to aim for because it is huge and there are lots of them. Um... And obviously 30 being the smallest. The cool-looking amulet that he has is a minimum of 100 points. Oh, I see how this works. Okay. I'm going to go for 30s. <laughs> All of them. You throw the first dart. It lands a little bit to the left of the 30, and it nails 16. Eh, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Unless you were... Uh... Going for the big one. I'm going to throw the second. You fucking nail that 30. It lands right in the middle. And with the way the dart lands, it pretty much obscures the 30. And you realize as soon as it hits, fuck, there's no way I'm going to be able to hit that same 30 with more than one dart. And he smiles just like, it's very impressive. Unless it was luck. I make my own luck. I like that. That's, that's clever. I'll keep an eye of that one. You try to find another 30, but this round, 
You just can't spot one. The smallest one you were able to spot was a 25. I'll try and go for this 25 then. So you actually, again, nail it. It gives you a little... It's not bad. It's not bad at all. This is actually rather fun. Got to say, you're, uh, you're doing quite well. Might walk away with something. Well, you'll at least walk away with something now. You can find that there is another 30 that you found on this board. Oh. It's nestled between two ones. Oh, Okay. Smack bag in the middle. I'm going to go for it. You managed to hone in on that small little gap between the two ones and the dart slammed <laughs> into it. <laughs> That's actually quite impressive. <laughs> where do you uh, Where do you come from? You new in town? Haven't seen that kind of skill on, uh, on an arm before. <laughs> you might say that. I've only just arrived. Right. Well, uh, if you're ever looking for work, you uh, swing on by. Oh, you're offering? Not right now, but I know some people that could connect you. Battle's Gate's a good place to have friends. Is it? One more dart friend. You see that there is, in plain sight, and you're amazed you didn't see it before, but there is a 30 bang in the middle of the board, and it appears to have mostly um, numbers between 20 and 26 around it, which are obviously much larger than the 30 is, but still pretty small themselves. You don't hit the 30. You hit a 20 that time. Right. Uh, let's do some quick math. And his eyes widen. Shit. I kind of like this game. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> that is a hundred and... 121. Jesus. Boston's gonna like that. Well, we've got a few things you can pick from. And he tries immediately to deflect your attention away from the amulet. We've got this lovely cloak. Um, which... Is is very nice. You could have two prizes for this price. Could I have a look at the uh, amulet there, please? <laughs> what, what what amulet would would that be? Oh, this this old thing. Oh, just, yes, that's the one. You just well, I mean, over a hundred, wasn't it? Yeah, for 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 that, um, certainly. Uh, sure. Here, take a look. And he pulls down a bronze amulet that. Looks a little bit like a device you've seen before, which is commonly referred to as a clock. However, it looks mechanical in that there's lots of cogs and gears in it. Again, you have seen this sort of thing in passing. You don't really know how they work yourself, but right. it's very pretty. It's kind of interesting looking. It's a wonderful looking thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's very nice. Uh, if you like that sort of thing, I suppose. Well, it looks very nice. And you hold it, and you can see the little cogs turning in it. And if you, you listen closely, you can just hear the little whirring noises, and it ticks. And Do I know that this is a clock thing? You have seen clocks before. It's not a clock. It's not a watch. It doesn't have a time face on it. But there are lots of cogs in it. It's ticking like a clock, but it's... Doesn't seem to have any way for you to tell the time in it. Peculiar thing. It's like the most hardcore steampunk bullshit item. <laughs> you know when you pick up a brooch and it's just seven cogs interlocked with each other and they just turn for no reason? And there's a spinning wheel and it spins backwards and forwards and every time it does it goes... Steampunk. I get it. That's what this is. Just lots of cogs in it. It's really pretty. Very interesting. Probably quite valuable in all seriousness. Well, um, that was fun. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Thank you very much. Sure, sure you don't want this cloak? It's, it's a very good cloak. Mm. And he holds it up for you and he shakes it and it changes colour. And then he shakes it again and it changes so that it looks like it's made of a different fabric. So it's very nice. It's a very nice cloak. Uh, I, I think I'm fine with this one. Thank you. 
<sighs> right you are. Uh, double or nothing? <clears throat> I think I'm good, thank you. Right you are, sir. Well, as I said, uh, if you're interested in a job, feel free to stop by. Remember, right. if I'm not here, tell them Skavan told you to uh, come back if you were looking for work. Uh, Devon, was it? Skivan. Well, I'm Murren. It's been a pleasure winning this trinket from you. He puts out his hand to shake yours. I'll go and shake it. It's good to see you. Hope to see you again in future. Do I still have my trinket on me? He didn't just swipe it off me, did he? <laughs> no, he did not. You still have it. Good day. Do you put it on? It's an amulet. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I'll just fiddle with it for a bit. Murren's wandering away from the stand and he's playing with his little mechanical cog thing, watching the gears turn and... I'm just going to shuffle over on to Murren a second. Murren, what did, it, what did he say to you about work? Ah, uh, yes. Um, he said that if I uh, was looking for some work, then I should uh, check back in with him. I believe his name was... I, I believe it was Kevin. Um, I have to admit, he doesn't strike me as a very reputable individual. Something about him just... <sighs> I thought he was rather friendly. Speaking of which... Urbach, uh, if you were paying attention to this, you notice there's a fucking human in the city. <laughs> or at least, he looks like one. Have I ever seen a human? I think you have, but in the chop shop. Oh, okay. Mostly in those particular circumstances. It's been a very long time, because ever since you left your past behind, you have not seen humans. When you travel, you have not seen humans. When you go places, you have not really seen humans. It's weird that there's a human there. And Murren didn't even seem phased. How much does it look like this human is trying to disguise the fact he's human? The guy that looks like he's human does not appear to be trying to hide the fact that he looks like he's human at all. Oh, curious, but it could just simply be a, some kind of... Murren, does... Yes. Maybe maybe my eyes are just a little bewildered after seeing, I don't know, copies of Mix and other things, but is... Is that a human? Is that a human you just looked to? I think so. Does he not, not look human to you? I think he's quite nice. Seemed like a very friendly fellow. What? Or helpful, at least. What kind of work did he offer you? Oh, he didn't say. Mm. Mm. He seems to appreciate my my skill with the darts. If I were you, it may be worth... If you have a chance, please may you inquire a little further into that when you have a free moment? intrigued as to well i mean i was planning on reconvening with everyone to let them know mix you successfully recover the goldfish in a bubble and you turn around and toby's just watching you play scroll watched you play as mm, i don't think i would be very good at this oh scrap i'm more for the eating contests you guys i don't think i feel like playing games anymore oh wow it's just gonna there's one over there that darconius might appreciate you look over and there's little floating wooden Darkonius's with hooks on their backs for catching. Darkonius, did you want to play a game? No, I'm okay. Okay. You seem sad. Uh, that's, yeah, that's sad is a good word for describing. He curls up on your shoulder. Without saying anything, I wrap one of my arms around one of Mix's arms and just link arms with her. Well, if we're not going to play any games, maybe we should go to this wide thing and find out what's happening. Uh... I don't... don't you want to know why there's Mix's face on the thing? I, I don't know that I do. Well, not... not Mix's face on the thing? <laughs> but I suppose we should get to the bottom of this. 
we're going to be here for three weeks. In the meantime, we should also probably look for Miss Celebon. Um, I mean, do we need to be worried about this person that looks like you? And I'm, I'm fine with you not sharing. I mean, everyone's got things they don't want to share, but is it someone we've got to be wary of? Will there be a problem? I hold the flyer up. Um, there may be a risk of you being mistaken for this person the longer we stay. Mix is in hobgoblin form. She's not coming out of it anytime soon. So there's very little likelihood that anyone would mistake Mix for whoever is on this poster. Even though it's not the best circumstances, Mix does want to find out what's going on. So yeah, following along with Scraw's lead, um, finding out. So to the wide then? Yes. So where's that? That's a good question. I've never been to Baldur's Gate before. Maybe we should ask someone. How about the rest of you? I haven't been either. No, I haven't been this far before. Hmm, um, Mix, have you been to Baldur's Gate before? No, I haven't. I see. I always meant to come here, but prior to today, no. Then why do they think that you're returning? <sighs> okay. It's not me. Yes, you said that, but... It... But it looks like you. <laughs> but it's not you. No, Marin, it's... She's my sister. And I don't understand why... I don't understand why she didn't tell me. How long has it been since you saw your sister? Or communicated with her at all? Years? I... Just all of a sudden, she stopped writing, and... You know, I always thought something really awful had happened, and, you know, if something like this had happened, you'd think she'd tell me. And she didn't. Then why don't we find out? We can find out. Yeah, we should find out. So that's then I get the attention of someone who's passing by. Hey, excuse me. Yeah? What? You stop a small-looking hobgoblin. He looks like he's 13 or so. He looks up at you. He's got dark brown eyes and big puffy fur around his face. What? What do you want? We're new in town and we're looking for the wide. One gold. Uh, you want a tour guide? It's one gold. I don't want a tour guide, I just want directions. All right, stuff you then. <laughs> <laughs> I scowled. Like, you. Murren, you made a friend. Ask that guy. Besides, I... Oh, yes, uh, Skavan. Want all your opinion on him as well. So he wander back over to the dart stall and he's still slouching there against the wall, arms crossed. He looks slightly more tense now, but his hat's still down over his head. Back for more, huh? Um, well, um, I, I brought my friends. We would like to inquire further about uh, the work you were offering. Does Mix notice that this person is very different from anyone else? Yeah, she's never seen a human before. This is weird. You've heard about him. Her jaw drops and actually only thing that possibly could have distracted her from the current situation. And she just... Look, stares at this person. He's completely ignoring the looking at you, Marin. I uh, didn't offer you friends any work. Toby! Yes, Max. Did you see his face? What are they? Yes. What? Why are they here? I think we're being rude. Yeah, the, the, the kind of work that I'm offering is something that you should be talking to me about privately. It's not an open invitation. Oh! Marin, we just wanted directions. I, I apologize, my friend. Um, maybe we'll have that conversation uh, later. Right. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I believe we are looking for um, the wide. Could you point us in uh, the direction? You're uh, new in town. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah you, you said that makes sense. 
Can I invite you all to a game? Uh -huh. He holds up the cloak and shakes it. Got some great prizes. It's a fun game. I won this uh, amulet. I hold it up. Yeah, yeah, he did. I scored 121 points. Yeah. That's, that's true too. Can I tell that this guy is really salty that Marin won the amulet? He's not trying to hide it, so yeah, probably. It makes a noise. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a real nice amulet. We've got, we've got plenty of them though. That's <laughs> not one of a kind. <laughs> so um, you're in the the lower city now, and uh. There's the upper city. There's some festival things going on there, but mostly you'll be wanting to be in the outskirts. That's where the real party's at. And uh, that's where the wide is. Take it you're stopping by the stage. What stage? Mix completely didn't absorb the tech. Obviously, that was the image and that was it. You're uh, looking to see the, the, the hero trail, the change bringer. She'll be at the stage in the wide. I assume that's, that's where you want to go. And he points... To the northeast down there, there is um, a turning. And if you follow the major roads, take you about half an hour or so. I get you to the outskirts. The wide is, well, it's about what it sounds like. Keep your wallets close. Keep them tied. Just keep an eye out for loose fingers. Yeah, the wide's out that way. Big open expanse. It's basically the market. But around festival time, they clear it out for the stage. Hmm. Well, thanks. Sure. Anybody want to play? Sure, I'll give it a shot. Three silver. Five darts. I give him three silver. He takes your three silver, puts down the five darts. The dart lands to one side. Oh, unlucky. Four more tries to go. I squint and I try to go for the ten again. You actually missed the ten. Instead, it lands on a nearby 23. All right. It's not bad. Unless it was luck. And you get the impression that he has the same pattern that he uses pretty much consistently. It's all good. You feel a bit proud of yourself. You're like, yeah, yeah, I, I meant to do that. Sure. <laughs> sure, that was intentional. Cast my eye about again for anything higher than the... You spot three different 30s. One is the one that's banged between two ones. There's one that's square in the middle, surrounded by high numbers. And there's one that's got a 5, a 10, and a 15 near it. I'm going to go for the one in the middle that's surrounded by high numbers. You actually hit the 30. Well, um, thing is, the highest value item that we had uh, has already been won today, so the only thing I can offer you is this cloak. And there's no point in trying any further, because you've already won enough points for it. So do you want the cloak or not? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll take it. And he hands you the cloak, and as he's passing it to you, it turns to a very plain brown cotton cloak. Hmm. Did I see him at any point when he was trying to get our attention with it before it's literally as he puts it in your hands it changes it's uh it's enchanted just you can make it look however you like just gotta concentrate and give it a shake so i concentrate on making it a black color and give it a shake it turns into a nice velvet black cloak and becomes a very heavy velvet cloak hmm. looks quite expensive compared to the brown cotton shift he passed over i can see how this would come in handy thanks sure uh you guys have a nice day i think i'm gonna go take my lunch bye <laughs> i turn around and link arms again with mix 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 is just watching as he goes like just staring at him he pulls down a shutter thanks again skavan sure mix your eyes are stuck i, I i've never seen one before neither have i but weren't you told anything about staring as a child yeah but did the, you saw! Started walking in the direction we were given. I'm going to chat to Muran on the way and just asking questions like, so do all humans walk like that? I mean, are they basically just... How did he walk? Did I notice anything in his gait? There was something a little bit unusual about the way he walked, actually. He had a very almost fluid movement. It wasn't that 
he walked unnaturally per se, but there was something odd. There was something that stood out about the way that he walked. Urbach, you did notice that he seemed to flow when he walked. And you're not sure why that's how you would describe it, but that is what it seems like. And you think over your medical history, and you have encountered humans previously, but again, mostly heavily injured, and you start to piece together the bits and pieces of knowledge that you have, and you realize that this probably wasn't actually a human. You've heard of another race, which is not entirely common, known as Yuanti. They're a serpent-like race. However... Whereas lizard folk are always lizard folk, there are various kinds of Yuanti which have varying degrees of serpent-like nature, and the least serpent-like of that race actually looks remarkably like a human. It's still incredibly interesting and unusual, but it probably wasn't a human now that you think about it. Hmm. I'm going to keep this to myself for now, because that's just speculation, but it's still... Hmm. And Murren certainly was just like, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, there was something unusual about the way he walked. You guys are all chatting between yourselves as you make your way through the city and as per his suggestions it does take at least a half hour you get to the outskirts of the city and you understand immediately why he told you to keep your hand on your wallet this is very much a slum at this point once you start making your way outside of the lower city into the outskirts you find that there are very few places that somebody who is interested in living a higher quality of life would be interested in visiting out here there are races of all sorts here just as there are everywhere else and there are people essentially doing their best to live within lawful society but lawful society is not itself inherently crime free the difference between law and lawful being order rather than criminality as you make your way towards the wide you continue to follow the signs for the market square and you come to what is apparently exactly that the wide it's filled with people there are various stands here as well mostly selling food rather than pitching games and bang in the middle of the square is a huge stage and the front of the stage is filled with common folk of all different races. Hey, I see you reaching for the skip button, but listen, there are a ton of fantastic shows out there. Here's one you could be missing out on right now. The multiverse is a boundless expanse of magic and adventure. Most are unaware of anything beyond their own world, but planeswalkers are something different. Planeswalkers are able to travel between worlds and experience everything that magic has to offer. The life of a planeswalker is one of freedom and of choice, unbound by borders or fate. Planeshift is an actual play D&D 5th edition podcast where we play as planeswalkers, exploring the multiverse of Magic the Gathering, discovering our character's new potential, and having a lot of fun in the process. Check us out every other Friday wherever podcasts are listened to, or on our website, planeshiftpodcast.podbean.com. I hope you can join us. See now, is that so bad? And now, on with the show. On your best estimate, you'd say it's coming close to noon now and people are starting to sound pretty excited and there's a lot of preparation happening on stage. People are coming and going. What do you guys do? 
Is anyone up for a show? So we found ourselves a good spot. Why don't we uh, grab something to eat? Is there anyone that looks like they're an usher or... Nothing like that. This is very much an open... This isn't a ticketed event. It's just a stage in the middle of a market square. People are standing around waiting for what's going to happen. They're waiting for the guest of honour to show up. There's probably some security by the stage to prevent people from going up. Oh, shoot. Although... The density of the crowd here suggests that all the good spots are gone. You are not going to be able to squeeze through this crowd. They want to see to. Oh no, I was thinking of ways she could get herself backstage to uh, find out more. There isn't really a backstage, because it's just an open platform. Well, I mean, food wouldn't be the worst idea. How often do we get to go to a carnival, right? Exactly. So there's a few different stands around selling different fried foods, and they're almost all fried foods. There's Squirrel on a Stick, Dan selling fried hunks of various meats that smells quite nice. In fact, quite a lot of these are meat stands. There's a stand that's selling novelty food, meat shaped like swords. Yes, there is a meat sword stand. Can I have a look out to see if there's any stand that sells Mix's favorite carnival food, which is fried tentacle on a stick? There is absolutely a fried tentacle on a stick stand. It is operated by a triton who is wearing a suit of armor. But as you get closer, it's quite apparent that the suit of armor is really cheaply made. It's not actually armor at all. It's just bits of flimsy, almost foil-like material stitched on top of clothing. And it's meant to look like paladin armor, but it doesn't really. <laughs> and as you get closer, the triton pulls up one of the tentacles on a stick. Best, best fried tentacles on a stick in the city! He waves them at you. Try a bit? You know what? Yeah, go on. He snaps off a bit of the sample stick and offers it to you with a small wooden fork. Vix takes a look at it with her fingers, like, gently squishes it to to see if it's the right texture. (laughs) (laughs) Squeaky, just the way you like it. Yeah, you can see her eyes are kind of lighting up a little bit because it's like, oh, this is going to be so good. She just eats it. And it melts like butter in your mouth, but it's crunchy and soft all at the same time. Mix's newly lit up face looks up at the Triton and is like, can I have a whole one, please? Three copper, ma'am. Yeah, no problem. Fishes it out of the bag and gives it over to him. Got a a deal on two for three. (gasps) Don't tempt me. Or three for two, rather. Toby, Toby, have you ever tried fried tentacle before? Uh can't say that I have. Ooh, 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 you're going to try it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the two for three. <laughs> oh, great. And he digs out some more. And as he's bringing out the fried tentacles, you notice the crowd is getting very noisy behind you. And as he hands them to you and you pay the six copper for the three fried tentacles, you turn to see that you missed the armored guard that is bringing the two people of importance to the stage. And the crowd is, is cheering and clapping now as the stage is taken. Mick stops what she's doing and without moving her face for, away from the stage, like, tries to give Toby the tentacle on a stick. Scott takes it. Hey! She's got three! Mm. What's the view like from where we are? Mix is absolutely going to try and get a closer look. You can see the stage, but you can't see much. You couldn't make out who's up there kind of thing from where you are. You'd at least need to get to the back of the crowd. Yeah, I go with Mix. Scrot follows. I'm going to shuffle off to the back as well. You all make your way to the back of the crowd, and as you're wandering over, there's a very light rain 
that starts up. It doesn't seem to dampen anyone's mood. It's more of a fine mist than anything else. Scraw, Toby, eat your tentacle before it gets soggy. Scraw bites into it. Mm, this is good. I'm going to pull my hood up and get him rained on. He breaks off a bit and gives it to Darkonius, who happily chews on it. Nah, Scraw and Darkonius are friends. I like it. I take a tentative nibble on the tentacle that I've been given. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. You wander over to the stage, and what you see is there is a poor bearded half-orc standing on the stage, and he is wearing a full suit of armor, and he's addressing the crowd. He's waving his arm to try and silence them, and they just keep cheering louder. Settle! 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 People of Baldur's Gate! (laughs) It is a pleasure to leave the stage, as I give to you Trail, the Changebringer! Everyone's, yeah, we love you, Trail! He takes a step back as a tall, slender, heavily armoured woman steps forward to the front of the stage. She takes a bow. And I love you, Baldur's Gate! It's a pleasure to be home! As you know... I have been off fighting for... And she starts talking about some battle that she's been fighting, and it's kind of not really that interesting. She sounds kind of pompous, a little bit full of herself, and mostly she's talking about battles she's won and victories she's won. Squirrel seems very impressed. Mix does not seem impressed. As you are all standing there listening to this waffle, you notice a disturbance in the crowd. Ahead of you and slightly to the right, you see someone is shoving their way through the crowd, trying to get closer to the stage. You can't see much of their face or anything because they've got a hood up over their head and they are keeping their head low. They're wearing a long cloak. As you notice this, you hear a cry from someone in the front of the audience. People react, start careening their heads over, trying to see what's going on. And the hooded figure takes the opportunity to rush forwards and run up onto the stage. Mix, Toby, Urbach, Marin, screw on the Doomsinger, notice that this person is wielding a dagger as they rush the armoured woman. Surprised and not with her weapon drawn, she takes a few steps back and stumbles. And as she falls to the ground, the cloaked figure leaps upon her and she draws her weapon at the last minute. They go immediately into battle. The guards are caught off guard and start rushing the stage and people start panicking. What do you all do? Try and make my way to the stage. Rush the stage. The cloaked figure is over and over again, stabbing down. And the woman who introduced herself as Trail, the change bringer, is stabbing back. There is a brief moment as you all rush the stage. I'm hanging back. The commoners that were watching the performance just start scattering and fleeing as the security starts trying to push them back. Mix, as you get close enough to the stage to see what's going on in detail, you can see very clearly that the woman on stage is Trail. And she turns and sees you and catches your eye very briefly as the dagger sinks into her neck and her sword plunges through the gut of the person attacking her and they both scream but it doesn't sound like a person it doesn't sound like an asimar scream or a dwarf or a gnome or a goliath it sounds monstrous it starts like a small wail and becomes 
as their bodies begin to violently convulse, and the person that appears to be Trail on the stage with the dagger on her neck swells and grows, and her armor breaks as her body begins to disfigure and twist into unnatural shapes, and both the forms in front of you begin to lumber up and push themselves up off the stage as these large... I can only describe them as flesh mounds in humanoid form. One of them has long, gnarly claws, and you watch as its torso opens up and creates a large, toothy maw in the place where its upper chest would be. It has no eyes. It forces itself up onto its feet with clawed hands. The one next to it that would have been, I guess, the assassin is not as large, but is easily just as titanically deformed as it twists and the cloak falls away. And again, it's scarred, it's bloodied. It just looks like it's made of meat and it starts reaching out with one arm and staggering towards one of the security guards on the stage. Let's cut to the chase, shall we? Unless you're not going to roll initiative. So they both turned into flesh mounds? Mm-hmm. Giant fleshy abominations. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Urbeck, top of the round. Damn, doesn't even make time to think. Okay, let's see. The closest one is the blob that was the assassin. Yeah! All right, then. <laughs> I'm going to take a few steps back, because this thing is terrifying. Get closer to this big old bugbear who might be better at keeping me alive. And I am going to give this thing a good old solid witch bolt. Are you going to aim for the really big hulking one, or are you going to aim for the smaller, slighter, but more fucked up and bloody looking one? They're smaller one. Do you try to concentrate on it? You shoot a magical bolt, and it just whistles past the creature, so it just soars off into the distance, disappearing out into the sky, and you see the creature lumbering towards This one, the big hulking one that's towards the back of the stage, is just going to lumber forward, and it's kind of moving like a gorilla. It's loping forward, so it's slamming its fist into the ground and then swinging its hind legs behind it. It's going to jump down off the stage... It's a mere 10 feet up, and it's just going to pile onto Toby, because he's the closest target. Motherfucker. As it rears back its arms, its arm swipes down at you and rakes you across the chest. It hurts like a motherfucker, but nothing else happens. Mix, you see the creature, the abomination that was Trail, that she became, attack Toby. And as you see this happening, you look up and watch as a live, blood-soaked creature leaps up all fours with its arms raised and swoops down towards you, taking a slash at you. It dives down and slams forwards towards you and its claws scrape along the dirt by your feet as it lands on the ground next to you and it looks up and hisses. Murren! I see the smaller creature. The smaller live one has just launched itself at me. Okay. Well, that's the closest one. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and run up, position myself between the two creatures. But I'm going to try and attack the smaller creature first. So you you run behind the smaller creature that's facing up against Mix and keep yourself between that one and the large one. Mm -hmm. Draw up my mace. Positioning yourself strategically so you can smack the shit out of either of them. You 
you swing your mace into the back of the creature, it screeches and its neck extends and its head bends over backwards and looks directly at you. Good God. I'm going to go for an unarmed strike now. That was a natural one. You smashed it in the back of the leg with your mace and it turns around and screeches at you. You lunge forward with your fist and your fist almost ends up in its mouth. Oh, God. I think it does, actually. I think you lunge forward with your fist and as it's turning, going... Your fist ends up in its mouth and you pull back at the last second as it snaps down. This one does have a head. This is the meat monster with a head and a mouth. Toby. I am going to use primal savagery against the asshole that attacked me. Your fingers extend into bloody claws. It really fucking hurts as your nails extend this time and you didn't expect it because you've done this before. You're just like, yeah, what the... And you clench your hands in and you just try to shake out the pain from your hands. Ugh, the fuck? <laughs> Mix, what do you do? I'm gonna attack the gross fleshy thing that tried to hurt me that was trail but is not and witch bolt on the fleshy thing. Whoa, damn. Nice. You focus in on the creature that is in front of you. The energy bolt explodes forth from your hands and rips through what would have been its face. It actually just explodes not the whole creature but the head of the thing just (laughs) as the energy obliterates what was left of its i guess skull the form in front of you collapses to the ground lifeless so yeah you fucking kill the shit out of that mix just looks angry the thing that was not trail but you watched stab trail in the neck are back i having have the thing showered in horrible bits of blood and gore let's go nod approvingly then step a little closer and farm my own witch bolt level one. Uh, the even bigger blobby mess that is still moving. Yeah, the one that does not have a head and is just a giant maw in a chest with fucking huge claw arms. Happy days. The bolt of energy, you concentrate and it fires. I imagine it as the creature opens its mouth to scream at Toby. The bolt fires through its mouth and comes out the other side and then starts just hovering around, waiting for another moment to strike. It goes... But then it continues to just scream. Choke on that, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm going full hands Palpatine on this boy. Toby, he's just going to continue to wail on you. As the claws sink in, you feel your muscles clench and tense. And you become completely paralyzed. Bastard. Scraw is going to rush headlong over... He's going to rush up into the face of this creature and go... Scraw is going to rage. Scraw rushes over and wildly swinging again and again and again. His glaive slams into this creature repeatedly from the furious screaming bugbear who doesn't like his drinking buddy getting hurt. Damn right. Marin. I'm going to spin round, try and mace this one. So you whiz around, you smash it with your mace, and then you follow through with unarmed strikes. What are your unarmed strikes? What are you hitting it with? Do a... A rushing elbow with my... Elbow? My elbow. (laughs) Yep, into... Behind it. So just into its spine kind of thing. And then the second one, I'll just do a a trip. Try to do a a leg kick. You turn around, you smash it with your mace, you drive your elbow into its spine, and then you whip your leg around, and you feel the impacts as your body is connecting with this thing, and it's like punching a pig. Aww. 
but a pig with no skin. So it's just meaty and bloody. And when your elbow connects, it squishes inwards slightly. It's just really thoroughly unpleasant. And as your leg whips out to smack it in the knee, you can see it. The the knee folds and it briefly looks like it's going to topple. But then the sheer mass manages to simply redistribute and it changes its center of gravity and just does not fall over. But... It does look like it's weakening. It looks like it's getting shakier on its feet. Liz, what does the Doomsinger do? The Doomsinger is going to cast Firebolt. Yo! Your meat is on fire! Firebolts into the mouth of the creature. As the Firebolt lands in its mouth, it reacts violently to the pain as it looking severely damaged at this point. The only thing that Toby can do is fight through... It's strange. It doesn't feel like there's a poison in your system. It almost feels like there's a magical effect on you, and you focus all of your energy into breaking that, and you manage to release your muscles all at once, and you regain the ability to control yourself and move once more. The effort is draining, however, and you find yourself unable to attack with a follow-up. Mix. We're gonna witch bolt the remaining bits of the fleshy abomination. You level your hands, you raise up your crystal, and you focus. Dark and he's like, yeah, Mix, come on, you can do it. Get the, the thing, whatever it is. How does it happen? She'd be staring it down eye to eye, but it doesn't really have eyes, so... It has no eyes, yeah. <laughs> She's just intensely focusing on its head. It doesn't have a head. It's just a giant torso with a mouth and arms. She's just imagining... Big toothy maw, like... <laughs> reaching up at Toby as he shakes himself free from the effects of its last attack. It starts rearing back to take another swipe at it. And what happens is the bolt hits this creature, and warms it up to just the right temperature that it just combusts, and Toby gets guts all over him. (laughs) (laughs) It happens a lot to Toby. The creature just seemingly screeching one moment, and the next... (laughs) And the many squishy bits find their way into Toby's... Robes. Toby, Murren, <laughs> and Scrawl are laden in gore as this creature that didn't have a face to begin with has its face exploded. Having had this happen to me on multiple occasions, this one, I close my eyes in time and just feel myself. Just- Roll a deck save to find out if you close your eyes in time. <laughs> oh my god, that's an asshole thing to do. Don't fuck me. Seven. Oh, no. You almost certainly get just just the smallest bit of vicar in those giant solid purple eyeballs of yours. Ugh. But you don't get a claw in the chest, so it's kind of an upgrade. As you all take a moment to try and absorb what the hell just happened, you all hear people bursting into applause as you look around the square and... What were the onlooking crowd start to come out from the safety that they retreated to and they rush you? But not aggressively. Perhaps they rush Toby, Scrooge, and Murren a little bit less because they're covered in echo. <laughs> but otherwise... They're attacking us! Quick! The Doomsinger stands up on a nearby cart, holds his arms in the air. May I present to you Baldur's Gate, 
The scales of justice! People lift you up, Nyx. They crowd surf you. Yeah, okay. She'll revel in the glory temporarily. And you notice that nobody's cheering for Trail, they're cheering for the heroes of Baldur's Gate. And that's where we'll leave you this week. Join us next week for episode 5, A City of Strangers. And if that seems too far away, check out our Patreon, where at the $5 and above tier, you can get early access to this episode tomorrow. That's on patreon.com forward slash darkdragonsin. Until next time, travel safe, and remember, in this realm or the next, the scales of justice are here for you. Always. Always.